Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome to Enter the Dragonair's Den, a Pokemon Go team-based PvP podcast and the official podcast of the Battle Frontier. I am the veteran Taco Dog, joined by the 12-time legend, Jet Force Gemini. Hey, Taco. How's your week been, buddy? Pretty good. Officially <laughs> fully, fully back and unpacked and have my actual desk set up this time, so it's way less janky. I mean... You wouldn't know, but I feel it. So, <laughs> hey, we take we take the little wins. Yeah, I do have I have some good adulting news. You did an adult thing. I did an adult thing. What was your re- adult thing? I renewed my driver's license. That's a good adult thing to do. <laughs> that my sibling also needs to do. <laughs> yeah, the I finally bit the bullet and went out to went out to Coralville because they close the the DMV place that was like right next to my place because of course they did and so now I have to like instead of biking a mile I have to bike like five miles which isn't like what I'm complaining about what I'm complaining about is the fact that I have to bike farther and I did it you love biking I do love biking there are just some days where you know I just want to be a hermit crab that crawls under a rug and doesn't do anything plus you've had no negative experiences between yourself and vehicles while on the bike my lawyer has advised me not to talk about that (laughs) 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 but yes so that that was a good thing and i'm glad that you have you're back in the saddle and your recording booth is set up and yeah good vibes all around yeah, we're 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 testing it out. We're seeing we're seeing if we like it this way. True, and we're still gonna be messing around with some intros a little bit. If you're new around here, well, as I said at the top part, we are a Pokemon Go team-based PvP podcast that focuses entirely, almost entirely, on the Battle Frontier, which is Sylph like Sylph Factions 2.0. But and I'm gonna say this statement already: it's better, in my opinion. We don't need. They didn't need the website. It's just all Google Sheets. Let's do this. Let's rock and roll. It's a lot of work admin side, but honestly, it's it's paying dividends already. If you're not new around here, that probably the that won't be the first or last time I choose violence or make a controversial statement on this episode. So buckle up. I am pleased to announce though that for the first time we don't have Niantic news aside from Community Day that will already be going on that we had talked about previously by the time this episode goes live and we'll be in the middle of the psychic spectacular event which aside from a new shiny debut it's kind of meh for me uh for anyone wondering i got confirmation earlier that frigibax is still spawning if you're like me and didn't get one last week i am in the exact same boat on that so thank you for telling me that now i will go out and hunt these things my, my local server finally set up a tag for it, so when you see one, you can call it out there, because a lot of people were posting them in in the not-common call-out channel, or the, the not-special channel, and they just said, hey, can we have a tag for this? Because, like, some of us need a vroom-vroom as fast as we can to get them. And finally, the admins relented, and they added it. Yeah, they're... they're I mean, I feel like at this point, you, everyone knows how uncommon they are, so... Yeah. And then this will be the second time I choose violence today. Captains, including you, Taco, who, me, yes, you, report your battles. It's very scary to see, like, out closing to the end and then captains just have to put numbers in. 
But Taco, I hear you, Cap. the captain says, our team manager can also do it. Well, as long as somebody does it, let's get them done. Because we like to see nice, nice clean numbers. And, and while they may also be able to do it, ultimately, it's your responsibility. <laughs> this is true. My team manager's getting mad at me for a second. <laughs> your, your internal team manager? Yes. I will say, though, however, there are just some times where both people are going to be unavailable. You know, like me yesterday when I well, recorded this on Monday. Yesterday, everyone goes, is there a team meeting today? Which usually there is. But I didn't think that the local Poke- Play Pokemon tournament that we'll talk about later was going to run as long as it was supposed to. So... I said, I, I assume longer than it was supposed to. Yeah, it it ran. I'm not gonna say it ran pretty long. Like there was only four people, and for some reason we had to do three rounds. Like it defaulted to a round robin. So I was like, all right, whatever. So, yeah, I mean that that I mean that is the most fun for everyone, right? <laughs> yeah, everybody gets to. Well, it's either round robin or Swiss. So everybody got to play, and there was one first timer. They had a blast. And then the other two were locals that I aggressively persuaded to come up. But anyway, so yeah, that that was my excuse, which I'm not going to say it's valid because, you know, at the end of the day, I was still tagged and told to report scores. So I did in between rounds. So with that being said, we do have to make amends for the people that were very nice enough to, to let us know that we did not cover pools four, five and six last week, to which I say you are right. We will do a better job. So hopefully this format is going to do a little bit better. Ready to jump into the madness that was week two? Yeah, do you, do you, do you want to start with the Niantic hiccup? Or? That never happened. There okay. is no war in Bossing Say. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, and it's it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, um, it, it doesn't surprise me anymore that these things happen, but... I was pleasantly surprised by how quickly it was fixed. That was that was new and unusual. Yeah. Okay, fine. We'll talk about it for like a couple of seconds. I mean, that that was it for me. I don't. Do you, yeah. What do you want to say? <laughs> My whole thing was I appreciate the fact that the staff at the Battle Frontier were super proactive about it and said, "Look, we don't know how long this is going to take. So we're extending the we're extending the the deadline by a day, whatever reason." And then in an hour, it was fixed. And instead of the staff going back and go, well, shoot, we're not going to go back on our word. So continue to take the day. And I'm very happy to report that most like 95% of the battles were still completed by that Sunday. So hats off to y'all, everybody competing. We got them all done and there was no coordination disputes this week. That seems insane, but (laughs) I I get like... The hope is that that's always the case, right? But I, <laughs> has that ever happened before? No. <laughs> Just straight up, no. I was ve- I was pleasantly surprised, and there was only one. There was only one instance of a dispute that I muted myself from because it was in the pool that we competed in, and I was not going to. I was not going to be a part of it. They could jeopardize another tr- another faction possibly coming to terms with. Or not coming to terms, but getting cheated out of if I made a ruling. So I, I just said, look, I'm going to hand, stay hands off on it. It's my pool. I will happily do pools one, two, four, five, or six. But pool three, I'm not touching with a 10-foot pole. Because I do not want... I don't want that responsibility. Okay, that's all I got. Cool. Now... <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was, I was just going to ask, how do you feel if at 
the beginning of these recaps if we just throw in like who the who the top five are for i love it i love it let's do it because then that that lets us kind of touch base on everyone a little bit before we kind of segue yes let's do that actually that's a very good idea okay so we're doing top five teams right yeah okay perfect all right so as of week two we have six teams right now (laughs) yes we're gonna do a top five but if you're tied for fifth place you're gonna get a nod you're in (laughs) so in first place with 75 points we have barktown boomers who have won a combined total of 31 games out of 42 Copium Northeast and Muddy Water are tied for second place with 74 points, who have a combined combined wins of 30. The team whose name I can never pronounce correctly, but I'm going to call them Apocalypse until somebody <laughs> tells me that team tells me how to pronounce their freaking name. <laughs> Rounds up the fourth spot with 73 points and 29 wins, respectively. And then tied for fifth, we have the Thunderdome and Deoxys Alberta form with 72 points with 28 game wins out of the 42. I do just want to take take time to point out that the Thunderdome and Deoxys Alberta form and Barktown Boomers are in pool number one. Yeah. And five points, or excuse me, three points separate all of, separates the, the three teams. So I definitely think pool one is starting to show that either they have the most talent there or it's the most top heavy. Yeah, I, I'm leaning towards there's there's some polarization happening there. Like there's there's already some teams getting picked on. So uh, hang in there, guys. <laughs> yes, hang in there. There's I think there's six weeks left. Nope, I can't be right. Five weeks. Week three, because I'm counting this week as one. Week four, week five, week six, week seven. There's five weeks left, and then there's the playoffs. So I was I was off by a week, you know. Quick mass with Taco Dog. Yeah, anyway, just, just just make it to the bracket. This is <laughs> this is this is why we're doing it. Obviously, yeah, we're still looking at the top sixteen. But if you make it into the lower thirty-two bracket, there is no shame in that. Obviously, if you're not top sixteen, you're bottom thirty-two. But hey, everybody will at least get to play guaranteed eight games. All right, what's so, next? Okay, so we'll do a real quick rapid fire for pools one, two, and three. Just going over the scores. If anything jumped up, stop me, and we'll spend like a minute or two on it, okay? So in week two, we talked about this before, Thunderdome had another 14-7 win. This time it was against Slark Paper Scissors. Deoxys Alberta form was able to put on a statement win and beat Deli Birds the word 16-5. Sky Dragons Gaming is continuing along that 11-point train. It may hurt them in the long run of 10-11 against TNT Fingals. And then finally, Barktown Boomers well, lays... 11-10, they got the win. <laughs> yeah, they got the win, excuse me. And then finally, Barktown Boomers puts on another statement win, this time putting 15 points up against iCarly PvP 15 to 6. Good, to be quite quick, quick recap. I was like to be quite honest, it was the biggest surprise was Sky Dragons Gaming. I thought they were going to win by a lot more. Yeah, they <laughs> I mean, te- yeah, technically week 1 it was the 11 to 9 because of whatever issue they had, but yeah, 11 points 2 weeks in a row from the team that everyone kind of was looking at as the shoe in like unless they're doing it on purpose like it, it feels a little underwhelming yeah yeah and 
Well, like it was said in the preview show that we had a couple of weeks ago, this is this feels like Sky Dragons Gaming pool to lose. And right now, they need to put some either pep in their step or something because they still have and actually they still have like their lat this this week against iCarly P and then next week against Deli Birds the Word will probably be their quote unquote weakest part of the schedule until they have to go up against in week five. They get Deoxys Alberta form, week six, Barktown Boomers, and then week seven, the Thunderdome, who are sitting one, two, and three, respectively. So this is the time that they're supposed to be gaining as much wins as possible because you've got the other teams putting on, you know, 13, 14, 15 points against their opponents, and they're starting to run away with it. Yeah, well, and I mean, the only upsetting part is that we have to wait until week five for them to really need to show up just based on that criteria but yeah the, it'll it'll be interesting to see what kind of score they put up this next week absolutely Alrighty, that was a quick rapid fire for pool number one pool number two we had rock paper slark was able to bounce back against their loss to the brave nerds and win 13 to 8 against our favorite punching bags sea kingpin brave nerds was able to just eke out a win against canadian shield on 10 to 11 the Mighty Thunder Ducks were able to put on a statement win against East Caliber, 15-6. And then finally, Copium Northeast lays the smackdown on Decidueye Dynasty Green, 16-5. If we were doing deep dives, I would definitely want to see Brave Nerds shield on. Oh, 100%. 100 and, yeah, 100% on that. That was, I, I mean, Amaze, also, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm... I kind of had Canadian shield on beating Brave Nerds. I mean, obviously it was close. It was it was a single point matchup. So the other one that just stands out though is the Thunder Ducks into East Caliber. Like, what happened? The Thunder Ducks were able to string together some amazing wins for the Naked Hornet and t- and the rest of the team. I'm gonna pick on the I'm gonna pick on Naked Hornet because he's in our server. It's like, did did yeah did did Naked Hornet even play? We should probably check. <laughs> But he is the captain, so inevitably the captain nope. is. Nope, that's what that that's part. what happened. That was yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. So Naked Hornet just has to play week in and week out, and they'll and they'll win. It's written in the it's written in the stars. You know, I don't yeah. make the rules. I just enforce them here. Yeah, I can't even I can't even pick on Mushroom because, yeah, Naked Hornet <laughs> is just so much easier target. It's all right. We love you, Naked Hornet. We appreciate you, but we're still gonna pick on you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's the beauty of, of friendship, right? Right. And you always come in second place in showcases to our teammate, Jack of Hearts. So just got to slide that in there. All right. In pool number three, week two was definitely one to look out for. The top two matchups did not disappoint. We had Northeast Battlers Utter Madness, uh, unfortunately take an L to Evan Stonks 10 to 11. So by the transitive property until they play, Dean Air Don't Care is better than Utter Madness. Just saying. <laughs> I'm going to eat my words in a couple of weeks on that, but that's okay. Phoenix Rising pulls out a very, very close matchup against Thunder Fury, 10 to 11. Fortunately, this is Thunder, Thunder Fury. Fury's... Yeah. Yeah, this is Thunder Fury's second 11 to 10 loss, and I can tell you from experience, these losses hurt the most. Especially, but... yeah, strung, strung together like that. It is, it gets, It gets a little frustrating. But you guys are hanging with the best of them. You got Utter Madness, you got Phoenix Rising, and then next week, your reward is you got Hammerheads. So be prepared for a slugfest, another slugfest. Muddy Water was able to take down Dean Air Don't Care, 13 to 8. And honestly, I'm just surprised that we put up 8 points against them. And then finally, 
Fearsome Frostlass was able to take down the overrated ground and dragon type Garchomp loving team of Hammerheads, fourteen to seven. I think that's that's the one that stands out the most to me. That's what I would want to jump in on is what's what's Hammerheads doing? Why aren't they showing up? You think this maybe could be a new team? I, I mean, I don't know what the deal is. I, I don't recall anything about that coming up when we were chatting with MJ, but... I don't knows? remember any... I didn't re- see anything on Twitter either with people talking about it. But maybe maybe Hammerheads is just trying to get the lead out a little bit. You know, lose some games early and then come back and do what they do best, which is win Slugfest. Or I could be just completely wrong and they can be our disappointment pick and they go 0-7. I don't know. But what I do know next week is we got a matchup against Fierce and Frostlass, and gosh darn it, if this is not a grudge match for me, I would not have put the, set the lineup that I did. I think I already said that for me, I think every time we've played, I've played against churches, and they're not on the team anymore, so it's it's kind of like, eh, got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> True. I'm just doing it from like a team aspect. This is going back to our Angry Bottoms days, if y'all remember that. Fierce and Frostlass blew us out of the water 16-5 to the first time we played. Then the second time we played, we were still the Angry Bottoms, and we beat them 13-8. to And then, of course, we became Diener Don't Care, did not play, and then we got double promoted before we had a chance to renew that rivalry. So this one, this is a special rivalry for me, because also Diener Don't Care, it is a known fact that Diener beats Frostlass, which makes Frostlass an overrated ice type. So Terry, I know you're listening. The Ice Queen is overrated. So there, I said it. I hope he makes you like come up with a new line sometime too. I know, yeah. But also I do want to point out that they started this, they they told us to prepare for war. So that's what I'm doing, gosh darn it. And of course, the team that likes to post, our part of the team that likes to post went full, like, all right, let's do this. We're fighting. I'm excited. It sounds like I need to catch up on some, some Discord stuff. I'm not going to lie. There is a lot of degeneracy in the Battle Frontier general discussion. If you pre- if you have it muted, I'd go in and like check back from Sunday and then read on. Just Sunday. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's pulls one, two, and three taken care of. Now we get to the fun stuff. I'm going to start in week one and then move on to week two, if that's okay. Sure. We. I mean, cool. since, we, since we didn't do it last week... <laughs> I just wanted to run it by you because, you know, we got we got to be uniformity. And if not, I'll probably get yelled at again from some certain players in week in pool number four, five and six. So in week number one, we're going to go back a week. We had Rose Lark Blow, Rose Lark Bow and Flesh and Rally Story square off with Flesh and Rally Story taking a 14 to 7 victory. Home Slice Homies looks like they had their hands full against Coastal Kings but they were able to squeak out a 12-9 victory. The Lucky Mucks and the Great Unknown played to an 11-10 win with Lucky Mucks just getting the edge on that one. And then the biggest story of week one, which I did not talk about enough, actually at all, was was Backstage Battlers upsetting Stadium Emperors 11-10. If you recall in in, in the preview show, we had, or MJ and I had pegged Stadium Emperors to kind of win the whole thing outright and they're sitting at third place in the standings in week two we had rose lark bro content rose lark bow bro bro rebound from the 14 to 7 loss into a 14 to 7 win against the coastal kings lucky mux was able to start a win streak against fletch and Arella story 12 to 9 backstage battlers took down the home slice homies 12 to 9 
And then Stadium Emperors were able to rebound off of that loss last week and win 14-7 against the Great Unknown. I just want to point out that the top two teams with Lucky Mucks and Batch Backstage Battlers have the exact same amount of points, which I find super interesting. <laughs> yeah, not only do they have the same amount of points, it was in the same order. Yeah, and the only way that this that this will probably be a rivalry that we talk about if they continue to win, we kind of hope that they do because at week seven, it's all going to come down to who gets the one spot and who gets the two spot or the, the promotion spots. Unless, like, these are their only wins that they get and then they lose out. But, you know, weirder things have happened. And as we've already seen in the first three pools, we've been thoroughly proven wrong, except in pool three. We kind of pegged Muddy Water at being the top at the top. The kind of crazy thing overall is just that um, Stadium is not in a wild card position. Yeah. I mean, uh, okay, so they're <laughs> they are tied. They are. That is correct. They're tied with Fearsome Frostlass for the last wild card spot. But kind of the way that the rest of the, thi- uh, the places work out, Sky Dragons Gaming is ranked 13th and they don't have a spot because they're ranked fourth in their respective pool. Yeah, that's fun. That's the way the divisions go. Or pools, if you're, you know, if we're going to go by pools. I really want to dive in to the Backstage Battlers matchup. With which one? The Home Slice Homies and Backstage Battlers. The 12 to 9. Mainly because in the final, you know, Twitter spoiled this for me a little bit. In while I was watching these games closely, and Backstage Battlers had a 9-9 to matchup going into the final game. And, spoiler alert, Final Boss AJ was able to take a 3-0 sweep. Well, that's pretty hype. Yeah, so I think we should definitely try to follow along and see like what led to that. Just in general, too, the fact that it was that close for them against Backstage Battlers. I, I feel like Home Slice Homies is, is kind of an unsung hero at least at this point we'll, we'll see if they keep it up going forward but i'm gonna have to remember them going into week three especially that's true all right ready to take a look at these matchups yeah let's see let's see what we brought all right so starting in the open great league we had james great 1722 against absol trains the best absol train absol train best James brought the Metacham, Azumarill, Carbink, Gligar, Lickitung, and Umbreon, while Absol brought Metacham, Lantern, Alolan, Sandslash, Gligar, Superior, and Charizard. Do you want to point out Absol did take a 2-1 victory in this point? I can kind of see why with the fire... I want to point out the, the two shadows on Absol's team. <laughs> oh, I didn't say shadows. Yeah, Shadow, Alolan, Sandslash, and Shadow, Charizard. Which is weird, though, because based on the... Um, what is on James's side? I don't think that Shadow Charizard came out at all. The yeah, well, <laughs> the Carpeak is obviously a problem, and then yeah, combine that with the Zumarill, and while you you technically have some good matchups, those are just so bad. I kind of wonder if that Carbink was had Rock Throw in this situation. Because a part of me thinks Rock Throw would be good, but another part of me is like, well, Tackle does Tackle things, and you can still hit the... You can still hit Metachamp for neutral, and Gligar for neutral. 
Well, hold on. Are you are you saying hitting Medicham with Rock Throw for neutral? No, hit, Medicham hitting Medicham neutral with tackle. Gotcha. I mean, I I had to check. Look, I'm bad with tight matchups. <laughs> my track record has not, you know, shown that I'm really good with tra- matchups. But I know that tackle can be the preferred moveset in some niche situations. And when sure. you're trying to hit as many Pokemon for neutral or better, you want tackle in this case. Because with, you know, Alolan Sandslash, you've got Metacham, you've got Azumarill, and you've got Lickitung to, you know, pick up the slack a little bit. Heck, I even might throw Umbreon in the mix just because Steel is not resisted by Dark anymore. Rip Steel types. I'm slightly confused by what, what we're talking about, but <laughs> I will, I'll segue us a little and just say... It always amuses me when teams get lined up this way where the construction similarities are just super visible. <laughs> where it's like you have, and I mean, it's usually Metacham, but like fighter, water, uh, kind of. This one is, is a little bit iffy, but just like the defensive typings of, of rock and steel are, are aligned and then literally Gligar. Um <laughs> And then you have your grass and kind of your grass covered with Lickitung. And then the real difference that pops out again is is that Shadow Charizard into the Umbreon where you have no obvious attacker on James Game's side. I would probably say that Gligar was the closest thing to an attacker. Because, you know, Dig and Aerial Ace can do some work. Coincidentally hit, you know, Lantern and Superior for decent damage. But... I, I do wonder just because would this lantern I don't, be running I don't water know gun? if you sorry what I said would this lantern be wanting to run water gun in this case I don't I don't think so um I, <laughs> I want to first of all say I I like how you've definitely become a trainer that goes through and is like flexing that fast move like not going in with the assumption of the more popular one is always the pick but the one that's that's popping up for me is the Powder Snow Alolan Sandslash, partly because of the regional event, but that also just because it looks in general better into this particular matchup as well. I, I am I am inclined to agree with you on that. You also do hit Umbreon for a little for neutral damage mm-hmm. instead of resisted damage with that Shadow Claw, and you can put somewhat of a fight up against Legatung, but you're not out bulking the thing. Uh, you you actually flip all even shields into the Lickitung, which is do you really? The, yeah, so that that was that was one of the things that came out of that uh, Yonkus video covering Z's wireless run was like that was one of the biggest reasons why. Ah, today I learned. Now, if you excuse me, I have to go watch a Yonkus video after this. <laughs> Aside from that, like. I mean, we'll also lean into other play Pokemon stuff just because, like, Open Great League, this is <laughs> this is why it is what it is to a certain extent. But the Superior is also looking pretty dang good because it's got a whole one Pokemon that's kind of threatening. And then just the bulk around is, is, like, a little bit of a potential issue. It's like, it can't do everything, but that's, that's, that's true for most Pokemon. <laughs> true. And Superior is, I think Superior is kind of becoming that unsung hero or like is getting the Needle Queen treatment in Open Great League. Because like once more trainers start 
using it to you know quote unquote unlocking its potential golly i would not be remiss if I, we saw a superior become world champion i said it hmm. well and that's that's the thing right is i feel like there's still a lot of holdout from people who remember all of the metas that were super how do i say this hostile to grass types where if you've ever been trapped by a Skarmory, for example, as a grass type, it doesn't feel good. <laughs> and some part of you never wants that to even be possible again. And so you just maybe feel like it's it's unsafe. But at least currently, I don't know, you can you can look at this matchup as a prime example. There there was no hard answer to Superior at all, right? Like the and that's that's kind of been the case for the other grass types we've seen popping up where their hardest losses are just not around right now for the most part like the the shadows art is still a thing but it the the team comps that used to have you know like three hard answers to grass aren't a thing anymore true yeah you're honestly yeah that i don't have any anything but to say other than to agree with you on that (laughs) and i mean yeah so so i guess the other side of the coin is 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 that going to stay true like is is this a holding pattern or is this a reminder that grass types are a thing and does like one pokemon switch up fix that for teams like is is this just like a oh i need to (laughs) i need i needed that reminder that grass exists as a type and not just a coverage move like looking at Cress and Lickitung is kind of the prime examples where they were kind of the pseudo grasses for a while because it was just so hostile to grass types right and that's definitely something that you know we can look at going forward especially in our play Pokemon segment because I have a feeling that once these first round of first rounds of like regionals get over and done with meta's gonna look very very different come december yeah anyway that that said i want to i want to just give kudos to james games for taking a game yeah definitely is something that is very impressive okay so note to self don't do captain things when we're in the middle of recording but i've already committed so (laughs) (laughs) do 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 I got tags, and now I'm putting a team in. <laughs> why are there... Oh, never mind. We're what? <laughs> it's just like, why are there seven Pokemon? But then I figured it out. <laughs> well, you see... All right, yeah. team's entered. <laughs> okay, Ultra League time. Coincidentally, it was our Ultra League specialist that sent me their team, so I had to enter it, so I didn't forget. In the Ultra League, we had... Art of Mystic go up against Monstars 50. Art of... Uh... Oh, wait. Nope. Lie. I lied. That's the Master League. In the Ultra League, <laughs> we had Quaza go up against Joss H2O Protector. Quaza brought Tentacruel, Como-O, Gliscor, Greedent, Registeel, and Tapufini into Joss's Defense Form Deoxys, Tapufini, Shadow Alone Sandslash, Galissapod, Miltank, and Unovan Stunfisk. All right, I'm going to say it. How does a Unovan Stunfisk lose... With Tentacruel, Registeel, and Tapufini looking really tasty against it. 
and then you know Tabafini can take Como and Gliscor simultaneously, and Defense Form Deoxys takes care of Greedent, Registeel, and Tentacruel because Psycho Boost, Counter, and Thunderbolt. How did this happen? Was it was it alignment? Yeah, well, and the the Gliscor looks decently strong in general. Like that's also one of your main Ufisk answers. I want to look how that matchup with the Feeny plays out in Ultra League, just because Ufisk is not one that usually pops up. Oh, the ground! Oh, well, that ground type could possibly hurt it too. Well, yeah, especially with the water gun. I may have been too quick to judge, or I put too much faith in. Why are they over farming so much? This is weird. Okay, so I guess the Moonblast KOs. Are you doing Thundershock or Mudshot? I was uh, was Mudshot at first, but I was was just confused by the sim, like why it wasn't going straight surf. But the Moonblast does five more total damage. And that would be a KO if they got to it. So it's like, okay, I see what they're doing. Ah. <laughs> anyway. So at least Oh god, yeah. So even energy, Stunfisk only wins the one shield, and if th- this is with Mudshot. Ah, uh, uh, I'm looking at Thundershock. They only win the one shield if like given that the Vini goes straight surf, they only win it by like four HP. So it's it's not comfortable. So what you're saying is it's an even matchup instead of a dominant win. It's basically even. Just just in the one. Yeah. It's a little dominant for Feeny in the zero and two. Gotcha. So I think Thundershock might have been the way to go because in the even shields or in the zero one and zero and one shields that are even Dunfisk wins. And then if it becomes a war of attrition, Tapofini is going to win. So I guess Stunfisk kind of functioned more as a shield grabber. Okay, I retract my statement on the Unovan Stunfisk. It could not do everything, and maybe <laughs> too much faith was put into it. It's got a tricky spot, because if you did go Thundershock, then you're doing less into the Como, but a little bit more into Gliscor. Like, there isn't, like, a clear one fast move is better than the other, I don't think, in this situation. But, yeah, I feel like the main hang-ups, because the Ufisk was at least pretty good into half the team, is that the two of the three that it wasn't good against <laughs> were pretty good against most of the team otherwise also. So it's I'm looking at the Gliscor Greedent. Ah, yeah, because Greedent has now become the spammiest mon in the entire game with that mudshot body slam combination. Whoever was at Niantic and thought this was a good idea, I just want to talk. I just want to talk. Just a quick talk. Well, and I feel like Miltank is pretty good counterpoint example, right? Like they were they were kind of used interchangeably, especially when we were looking at a bunch of those Great League metas, where at least during King of the Hill, like Greed and Miltank was and whatever Trash Wormadam were just kind of on every team and you could just be double normal all the time. But Mil- Miltank did not get the same treatment, so it's it's not I feel like it's not looking quite as good anymore. Am am I am I wrong about this? <laughs> no, you're not wrong. 
But the other thing we do have to point out is there were so little counter users in that field, and there was the op there was the ban two option where the counter users were almost immediately banned, which allowed them to run run free. Now in the show six pick three format, I don't think the Greedent and Miltank core would have been as dominant, shall we say? Okay, so I, I'm more meaning like. For a while there, they were interchangeable a lot because, like, you were essentially running both. And I was just giving that example because they were doing a lot of the same stuff. They were oh, both, okay. like, tackle fast move. They were both body slam for a lot of it. And now that Greedent has Mud Shot, like, you look at rankings for Open Ultra League and Greedent is, like, yeah, number 13. And do you want do you want to guess where Miltank is? Like, did, did you already look it up? 234. I don't know. I just I just threw oh seventy eight. Yeah, it's it's not that bad, but it's significant, right? Like for Pokemon that were very similar up until this set of move changes, like uh, I mean, like especially for resource intensive stuff like Ultra League, like sometimes you just have the one that you built or whatever. But just going forward, I'm, I'm going to say at least for at very least for this season, like I. I'm going to be surprised to see Miltank where a team could be running Greedent. Ah, okay. That does make a lot of sense. Okie dokie then. Ready to move on into the, the Master League spot? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Now I have the, the things correct. Ooh, there's a slacking outside. And I'm already angry that I have to, like, the, the center, the circle isn't in the middle of the Pokemon. It's on its head. Whatever. In the Master do, League. If you want to do a slight aside, the one that bothers me is when a circle includes space that doesn't have a hitbox. Oh, like a execute? Exactly. Where if I throw the ball inside the circle, it should hit the Pokemon. Nah, that, that ain't happening. Okay. That's my, that's my circle-related grievance. <laughs> I can respect that. All right, so Master League time. We have Heart of Mystic. Versus Monstars 50. So Heart of Mystic brought the Mega Steelix, Kyogre, Florges, Ursaluna, Gyarados, and Hydreigon. And for a second, I was going to say normal form Ursaluna. I've been playing too much Scarlet and Violet. <clears throat> Whereas Monstars brought Therian Landorus, Garatina Origin Form, Latios, Gyarados, Florges, and Mega Aggro. So two Steel Megas were brought. But does Mega Steelix... It's still Steel Ground, isn't it? Yeah. Okay. So I kind of have to give the edge to Heart of Mystic's Mega for the Mega Bring. But Mega Aggron could put out a lot of damage, especially with that Meteor Beam on to Kyogre or Gyarados. And it can use the Heavy Slam onto Florges, because I think Mega Aggron outbulks Florges. It should be by a lot. I'm um, going to check anyway, because... <laughs> well, while you do that, I'll add my... Now that I've actually gone and done my full homework for Ultra... The, the one kind of asterisk that we'll, that we'll kind of tack on to that is that Greedent is one of the restricted picks where Miltank is not. So it's, it's like one of those team building things. Ah. It's like there were there were choices made because Open Ultra is not truly open. <laughs> Fair. Anyway. You also, I do also want to point out that the matchup is closer than I would like it to be. For Mega Agron into Florges? Yeah. What's like two, the... 
What's the fast move? Dragon Tail. Uh, uh, and Fairy Wind. Prob- that's probably oh, what. Oh, okay, so if I do Smackdown... Okay, yeah, then it's not even close. You know, I was thinking Dragon Tail just because... You know, I see Ladia... Oh, wait. I, I see Hydreigon. That's all I got. I flipped the... I thought Latios was on hard side. <laughs> there, I mean, there there is an Ursaluna, so I mean, that, that, that could also be valid, I guess. <laughs> but in, in this instance, you know, there is the theory in Landorus, whose ground-type coverage can definitely hurt the Mega Steelix. The Stone Edge... Wait. No, they has superpower and Stone Edge. Yeah. So it can still hit the Mega Steelix for decent... Not threaten a KO, but still do enough. Stone Edge can threaten Gyarados, and of course Superpower can threaten Hydreigon. Gyar- er, Gyarados, or our pseudo-dragon over there, is with the Dragon Breath oppression, can you know do its work against Hydreigon, and then Aqua Tail can kind of keep Ursaluna at bay. I do want to point out this Latios, because like, it's not too often we see a Latios in the Master League. Maybe they were just being oppressive with Dragon Breath damage. Yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting to see Latios shows up just as like a I don't know like a Kyogre answer. Oh yeah, because it gets access to Solar Beam. Well, even even if it wasn't Look. Solar Beam, like <laughs> the yeah, we'll, we'll need to we'll need to think on that one a little bit more. The and probably the the bigger reason is just that it's a zero point pick, I assume. Look, I really I just want to get I just want someone to get beamed, okay. <laughs> Well, and if I mean, if you're playing Master League, like you're trying to beam people, I feel like that's the <laughs> point of playing Master League. <laughs> How do we win by beaming? Be the last beam standing. <laughs> but if you know, if Kyogre was running Surf and Blizzard, Latios takes it with no, with like HP to spare. So I think that's saying something. Yeah, I mean, obvious drawbacks being it seems like every Master League team has Florges Gyarados on it, and it doesn't like either of those. So, like, obviously you have to have some other coverage in mind when you do that. <laughs> this time, you, you do have a good look into something like Hydreigon just because you have Dragon Claw. And Brutal Swing. Yeah, which is slightly faster than Brutal Swing, so you... you you outpace in that regard. So there we go. Hello? Is it me? The Monstar is playing with a 2-1 victory. It, I, this could not oh, have there. been easy. And Water Mystic is... And is it, what? Is it... <laughs> you near? blipped out for a second. Oh, it's me. Okay. This will be fun. Oh, there we go. Okay. So I know, Heart of like I said, Heart of Mystic is an excellent battler. Monstars is also an excellent battler. So it was a shame that one trainer had to win between these two. But to keep things interesting, it had to be Monstars taking the victory. Aurora Cup time, if my computer will cooperate with me. So we have the final boss of Backstage Battlers with final boss AJ going up against Derp Dude 1717. I think the one and seven was stuck together for a little bit. AJ brought Defense Form Deoxys, Alolan Ninetales, Lickitung, Mandibuzz, Greenit, and Wigglytuff into Shadow Alolan Ninetales, Double, Chrysalia, Lickitung, Kofagrigus, and Medicham. Who's got the bulkier picks? Well, and we finally see the, the Double Charm coming together as well, right? <laughs> yeah. In this instance, we do see Double Charm, and then we see Shadow Alolan Ninetales as the only Charmer. Oh... Of course, there's there's your counter users in the Metacham and Defense Form Deoxys, but 
the sad thing is, Kofor Grias has one job, which is to counter defense form Deoxys. But if he gets trapped against a Wigglytuff or a Mandibuzz, <laughs> you're, you're gonna you're gonna stop there. Okay, and or Lickitung. Look, I was just talking the, the last two picks. I know Lickitung is oppressive or greedent. It could possibly do something against regular Alola Ninetales. Also, one nitpick. AJ, you are the Ice Queen, but you did not bring Frostlass. What's up? It's almost it's almost like she knows. <laughs> the Ice Queen does not bring Frostlass? Does that mean the Ice Queen has given up on Frostlass? Tune in next week for Taco Dog's Conspiracy Corner. Uh, I mean, anyway, uh, that that feels like confirmation. I don't think it's conspiracy anymore. Gosh, I love this. <laughs> okay, back to the battle at hand. So yeah, Covagrius had one job, and if it didn't get lined up exactly what needed, it was a six on five. Or I would probably say it was a four on five because one charmer cancels out another charmer, and with you know Lickitung being a wash. It was, on paper, this looks like a pretty clear cut and dry. This is why the 3-0 happened. And that's all I really have to say on that matter. Yeah, the double is nice adaptation. I don't think we've seen very many of them. But for this point in the meta, I I like what it can do, especially depending how how you run the nukes, right? Like, you can cover the, the quote-unquote counters if you think of ghosts as a counter can cover the other normal types which is really nice obviously you're, you're still losing to fighters and pseudo fighters but if you play your cards right like you can still weaken them quite a bit that is i like double mainly more as a switch in this case i mean only also also in this place you might want to rush to get those moves out especially once you're a little details goes away. Definite answer for Mandible. Or maybe it's Chrysalia with the Moonblast, but I don't know that matchup entirely. I think it's always going to be a little scary for Chrysalia to think of itself as a dark counter when it's weak to dark. But it's okay. You can... No, actually, don't take care of Chrysalia. So I think Wild Charge is definitely required in this case. In the in the next Aurora field, we had. Zajin go up against Firestar 73. Zajin brought Lickitung, Greedent, Wigglytuff, Mandibuzz, Defense Form Deoxys, and Lantern into Firestar's Vigoroth, Lickitung, Whimsicott, Kofagrigus, Lantern, and Medichamp. That Whimsicott looks like it did a lot of work. Yeah, well, and, and we know from kind of within within our own team's matchups that Whimsicott is, is showing up. <laughs> I hate the fact that Whimsicott, somebody said it as a joke, that Whimsicott was going to be meta in here, and now here it is on a winning team, which is more wins than Frostlass has had in the Aurora Cup, just saying. I, well, and I don't, I guess I don't understand how it would be a joke. It, it's a good Pokemon, especially in this particular meta, that so many of normal hurdles for it are just absent. It's like there's, there's no reason for Whimsicott not to be here. Look, I don't like it ever since I got Hurricane on stream, okay? I, I yeah. feel like that's a legitimate grievance to have. <laughs> you you, you learned a thing that day. <laughs> and, and it was clipped for everyone to see. And even, even if we're not talking about 
Fairy Wind Whimsigot in particular, I always like it for factions in general, just because you've always got the options of both Razor Leaf and Charm, and getting that call wrong as an opponent like can can kind of leave you in shambles. Yeah, that's that's definitely something that it, you have to look for going forward. And at least in this case, this Whimsicott with Fairy Wind, Moonblast, and Grass Knot. Or Seed Bomb. Oh, that's, oh, that's the other one. Seed Bomb. That's the one I was thinking. I didn't think it had Seed Bomb. So Fairy Wind, Seed Bomb, or, and Moonblast definitely would have put in the most work here. But I think the Unsung Hero, and once again, we see the Kofagrigus with nothing for the Kofagrigus to hit. Or, yeah, very, very little, right? You have sort of even into the lantern and it's like obviously you have the preferred target of the the dd how i need to remind myself how close that is with the lantern because i feel like it'll come up again yes (laughs) it's yeah it's unbearably close in the one shield and barely winning in the zero yeah and in in this case at least good to know i'm glad i didn't put cobra grigus on my team I just feel like there's not enough play for it to come out since most of the bulky types in the field are normal types. Yeah, well, and it doesn't have any alternate fast move that like some of the others have. Like, <laughs> yeah, the the only yeah. other one that has a different typing is Zen Headbutt, so not not a thing. Doesn't even get astonished. Oh, it does get astonished which that's it's also it's still bad. So it wouldn't change anything. Oh, that's right. It, it used to have Astonish and then it got, it got given Shadow Claw. Yeah. That's, to... that's why it's, it's part of the, the PVP conversation at all. All right. But with that, I'm ready to move on to the Savannah cup. Yeah. Let's, I mean... let's, let's see the, let's see the Savannah cup. Okay. So we had Pokeball in versus Jamie Finn, fourteen fifteen. Pokeballin brought Orangaroo, Buzzwool, Dunsparce, Trash Wormadam, Dedane, and Ariados into Regirock, Polyrath, there's that core again, Beedrill, Roserade, Emolga, and Lorantis. So there, we're going to talk about that Orangaroo, right? I mean, I want to talk about Ariados because you, you know how I feel about Ariados. Okay, we'll, we'll start with Ariados because it begins with the letter A. Go for it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just glad that it's showing up. Like... I feel there's a lot of focus on Beedrill still, just because of Drill Run, I guess, and it has better fast move pressure sometimes with, with Poison Jab, but Ariados is the way. I would kind of give the edge, like you were saying, to Ariados, because it does have access to a debuffing move in Lunge and a buffing move in Cross Poison. So, I mean obviously the counter to that is if you find if you're locked into a pokemon that resists either of those two moves you're sol at least with b drill you can hit rock types back with you know like you said drill run so i think we can't really compare Ariados to b drill because they they fill two different niches but we're going to do it anyway because you know they're they're both the same typing yeah, and i mean that's that's really kind of the the story of savannah cup is you have a lot of same or similar type Pokemon that are doing different jobs, but essentially competing for the same spots, right? Like there's there's really not room on these teams to 
double down on something like a bug poison just because when the core of the cup is that Regirock Polyrath and you can kind of beat one of them, it's it's like, okay, well, at least you're definitely keeping the Whimsicott away. <laughs> yes. However, I do want to point out that Oranguru can take out the Polyrath, you know, Beedro and Roserade. So, like, the Oranguru Buzzwool core might be something to look out for going forward. Because obviously, yeah, everyone's going to want to do Regirock Polyrath. But I would probably put Wager something on my bike because bad. I'll Too wager valuable. my walking stick. <laughs> yes, I'll wager my walking stick that the Oranguru Buzzwool core is going to be a really good core going forward. And and maybe what's worth noting for me is that overall I see things like Dunsparce and Wormadam Trash doing a lot of legwork. And Oranguru kind of fits into that archetype as well, where even in their losses, like they tend to do a good amount of damage. Like obviously the, the worst one for something like a Dunsparce is the Polyrath matchup specifically, but outside of that, you can put a dent in pretty much everything. Yeah. Alrighty then. So congrats to Pokeballin for taking the two one victory over Jamie Finn. This is definitely like this has definitely been showing up to where this was an even battle all the way to the very last one. So, let's wrap up the final Savannah field with Awesome Eevee and Acidic Arisen. Awesome Eevee brought Zapdos, Polyrath, Dunsparce, Superior, Tropius, and Trash Wormerdam into Polyrath, Quillfish, Regirock, Roserade, Trash Wormerdam, and Whimsicott. You think that Zapdos stole the show? It had a lot of things to hit, that's for sure. And unless you land an ice beam off of the quillfish essentially the only kind of firm counter is the regirock yes but with regirock you've got polyrath dunsparce superior let's say for the sake of argument that tropius is running razor leaf actually no i'm gonna take that back let's put air slash back on it you still have a lot of things to keep that regirock at bay which would kind of make acidic think twice about bringing it right you're kind of half and half and outside of polyrath nothing really wants to take a stone edge off of reggie rock i see okay and yeah i think i think you just kind of have to go for it um where it's a, it's a it's a little bit of fight for that alignment um, and then so in this case like you are yeah because kind of looking at it i, I forget that reggie rock is very What's it called? It's very oppressive because... It's, it's way spammier than it has any right to be. Stone Edge nerf when? No, don't nerf Stone Edge, please. For the love of Arceus, do not do that. Flygon cannot take another nerf to its move pool. Then it will actually be relegated to dragon and ground types. I would feel a little bad for Nidoqueen, too. Like, I don't care about Nidoqueen. Nidoqueen had its limelight. <laughs> Flygon yeah. needs love. Justice for Flygon now. I I do wonder how much Roserade play there was in this particular matchup, just because it has some wiggle room. There had to have been a lot. Because with Poison Jab, Weather Ball, and Grass Knot or Leaf Storm, 
You can do a lot of damage to five of the six mons on Awesome Eevee's side. At least that's my train of thought. Yeah, well, put... and that's that's kind of how I'm looking at this matchup, is Awesome Eevee had to find and deal with the Regirock to let Zapdos kind of have a field day, but at the same time, Roserade isn't a gimme. Like, you would need a certain amount of energy not take a good amount of damage, even just from the poison jabs. True, yeah, that, that does make a lot of sense. I would probably suggest Roserade was probably the lead, and then... Got like two or three, two poison jabs in, and then dipped out for a safer swap. That is how I am reading that final match. Yeah, I, I do still like the variation in Savannah a little bit better than Aurora currently, but we'll, we'll see what the other teams are rocking. Well, there is, there, yeah, there's, there's three, three weeks. There's five weeks left in the pool selection, so maybe they're where they're still testing out the meta a little bit. But with that being said, let us move into our previews for week number three. Looks like the Rosark Bow is going to go up against the Lucky Mucks. Backstage Battlers take on Coastal Kings. Stadium Emperors are fighting Fletch Cinderella's story. And finally, Home Slice Homies are going to be squaring off against the Great Unknown. We'll definitely see how the, the matchups look after at the end of this bout. But I kind of, in my completely unbiased opinion here... I kind of hope Lucky Mugs and Backstage Battlers continue winning so we have that that final showdown at the very end. But who knows? Yeah, especially since they played each other last. Like, it's, it's just, it's fun to hope for. Poetic at this point. All right. So, pool number five. Going back to week number one, jumping into week number two. We In week one, we had T-Swift Fan Club lose a Heartbreaker to Sharks and Wreck 12-9. Pioneer Valley PvP looks like it still needed some extra time to practice as they lost to Jet. How do you say that name again? Apocalypse. Acopolips. Look, it only took an hour of recording for me to get it. <laughs> Acopolips. You, you only have to say it like five more times. Yeah. Look, y'all, the team over there. I'm sorry. I'm not gonna do a deep dive on y'all for a little bit. Not until I, I practice my 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 pronunciation. It's hard. Anyway, Twitch Masters unfortunately loses to Gong Rippers 12 to 9, and then Texas PvP was able to upset Hidden Powers 11 to 10. Moving on into week 2, Pioneer Valley was able to rebound against T Swift Fan Club 13 to 8. Sharks and Wreck was able to defeat Switch Masters 13 to 8. Acopolips beat Texas PvP 14 to 7, and finally, Hidden Powers was able to get their first one of the season, beating the Gong Rippers. 13 to 8. 13-8. <laughs> so this was, this whole pool was brought to you by, brought to you by the numbers 13 and 8. So in this instance. Who, who should we check in on? I feel. Dude, I would probably throw something at a dartboard or spin a wheel and we'll have an answer because who is a team we haven't jumped on or picked we, on? We, liter- <laughs> we literally haven't talked about Acopolips at all. And they're ahead by four wins. Look, so. we're not we're just not talking about it because I can't pronounce their name. <laughs> um fine, I will swallow my pride and we'll talk about it. Let's jump into the Texas PvP matchup. Yeah, especially coming off of week 1 beating Hidden Powers. Like I was hopeful this was going to be another close one kind of to see who then would be heading towards the top of this pool and yeah, let's 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 figure out what happened. 
Alrighty, so for the Texas PvP side, we had Hot Striker go up against Paulino Tad. Hot Striker brought Sableye, Metacham, Redsteel, Galarian Stunfist, Pelipper, and Mandibuzz into Chrysalia, Defense Deoxys, Dragonite, Greninja, Superior, and Lickitung. Sorry, the Dragonite was Shadow. I don't think I said that. There, there, there we go. So in this instance, I'm really liking the Greninja with being able to, you know, spam out Night Slashes and Hydro Cannons like there's no tomorrow. We have some old guard, new guard matchups here where kind of the story over the weekend with the event in Spain was that Sableye and Galarian stuff has really aren't showing up as much. And this matchup, I mean, I, I wouldn't call it typical enough to say, like, this is why, but you you do have things like Greninja and, and Superior showing up to... <laughs> right. And then we do have you know, like you said, the old guard, new guard. We have a... Oh, what's the word I'm trying to use? It'll come to me. I, it's a lost zombie set. We do what, have... What are we talking about? <laughs> I was going to say, like, when you were... I was going off of the, the new guard and old guard. Yeah. We do have... Well, we also have two different regions competing in this match. Because... Acopolypse is a Latin America team and Texas PvP is a North America based team. Now even though like it's the same time zone and all, those metas can be wildly different. Because I, I know Latin America is no stranger to pulling out pulling out the spice cabinet and just going ham with everything. But in this case, that Sableye was looking really good, but I think it was just checked ultimately by Lickitung and Greninja. Which is something I never thought I'd say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like it's it's certainly not useless or anything like that. Other point of interest is just another. This is a new season type thing. Is that we have a double flyer team that has neither Altaria nor Noctowl on it, which is just like so. Team is updated a little bit. It's it's not fully old guard in that res- in that respect, but well, also in that instance. We do see, mm, I would say we do see Mandibuzz taking the Umbreon role, and then Pelipper taking the, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say Swampert role, but it is kind of filling a niche there. Yeah, it's 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 a good generalist, and I like it for the most part. Like, you, you do have to go for sketchy baits in quite a few of these matchups, just because weather ball isn't cutting it but i still like it here that's fair well unfortunately it looks as though the new guard in chrysalia defense deoxys and shadow dragonite was able to take down the old guard in this instance i i personally like your call out though at the beginning of greninja like the those charges hit so hard and it charges just unbelievably fast like this this was just kind of perfect matchup for it where you have more than enough answers to Metacham that you you can't like you can't be afraid to run Greninja here. Like I don't I don't think matchups get much better for something like Greninja than this. So to me, that is the story. Yeah, it's like it, it looks like they they figured out how to at least get an extra win out of out of bringing Greninja here. Rue. All right, let us move on into the Ultra League. 
in this case, we had Bopper go up against Diago Oliveira. The Spanish side of me is coming out because I can read in Spanish and pronounce things in Spanish, but I cannot do a very good job. Anyway, Bopper brought Jellicent, Registeel, Shadow Gliscor, Clefable, Toxicroak, and Dragonite into Scrafty, Mandibuzz, Chrysalia, Shadow Charizard, Escavalier, and Regirock. I do want to point out that I just absolutely despise Jellicent just because of how bulky it is in the Ultra League, but I love to run it in the Great League because it is a dedicated Metachamp counter. It is one of those nice, unique typings. Yeah. But in this instance, the Regi- the team with the Regirock was able to beat the team with the Registeel. But this is both these teams on paper look very even. You know, Scrafty can handle Jellicent. And Registeel. Mandibuzz handles sort, Jellicent. Sort of? Yeah, sort of. You know what I mean. Sort of. Mandibuzz can have a winning matchup against Jellicent. And Toxicroak. Chrysalia is there. Shadow Charizard does Shadow Charizard things. I don't think Escav really came out to play too much in this instance. With... Well, I'm not sure if... if Gliscor... Does Gliscor still run Night Slash and Earthquake? It didn't get any. It didn't change any of its moves, right? It has the option of running the aerial ace, but at least in ultra, it seems like the preferences for night slash. But I feel like it's just up to whatever your particular matchup is. Okay. Yeah, Clefable is, looks really, really good into Scrafty and Mandibuzz. Toxicroak looks good into Scrafty and Regirock, and then Dragonite is really good as just an oppressive mod. I think the only way to neutralize a Shadow Dragonite is to throw one of your walls at it that can still hit it back. Yeah. But I'm not... Aside from... Actually, this looks... Aside from the Regirock, I'm not seeing anything that's, like, really sticking out to me. It's like, this is the mod that won it all for them. Well, and there are, I feel like, more polarizing matchups against Tiago's team than for them. Uh, like, Cresselia is okay and everything not named Registeel, so that's at least something, like a starting point. Um, the Clefable is pretty alright. Like, I'm wondering if this got mostly focused around the Shadow Charizard and the Shadow Dragonite just because they could kind of both run amok and <laughs> it was like, okay, how do we how do we help them do that? Like the real Charizard answers are kind of the Jellicent and Dragonite? Jell yeah, Jellicent and Dragonite, but like the Dragonite's iffy. And then going the other way, the Dragonite answers are largely going to be like the Regirock Crest and like you don't want a Dragon Claw from Charizard either so, <laughs> so it's like maybe you can take advantage of the fact like that Bopper is most likely going to bring Jellicent Reggie Dragonite like just because that looks safest and like until you actually see a lineup but yeah very like very flexible very even from both sides I would say for this one but yeah, it's it's hard, I think, when you have a double dark squad and you see a fairy where it's just like Yeah, it's definitely something that 
especially those those dark types that really can't do very much against it like mandy i guess with the air aerial ace buff aerial ace buff like is slightly better but scrafty especially is just like head banging against a wall okay so with that being said let's go into the open master league where we had our i think it's our only sweep yeah only sweep so we had Vergiverg go up against Destroyer. Vergiverg brought Tapabulu, Obama Snow, Reshiram, Melmetal, Zekrom, and Therian Landorus into Kyogre, Reshiram, Zekrom, Gyarados, Excadrill, and Mamoswine. All right, let's discuss the Kaparaja in the room. Mamoswine looked like it went on an absolute tear. Mamoswine in Masterly, even GBL has been super strong it feels like recently so i'm not super surprised to see it pop up and do well but man it had had a really good look against this whole team almost i think the biggest the biggest problem pokemon was if reshiram decided to run firefang yeah and and you're just not as immediately threatening right yeah so like, like Mel, even... melmetal can even hit back decently but yeah, it, it takes it takes a lot of doing. This looks like a very open and shut case of Mamoswine and Excadrill just cleaned up shop here. I am not I'm I'm honestly not seeing anything else that, you know, Destroyer could have used to win against this team. That's like sticking out to me. Just saying, Hey, stupid, don't forget about me. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun to see something like Tapu Bulu show up, but yeah, I don't I don't know that it could do enough. <laughs> okay, that was the fastest Master League recap that we've ever done. And I mean no disrespect to either of these players. I'm sure they are phenomenal battlers. It, it's just sometimes sometimes the opponent just has your number and you have to do your best. So, Vergiverg, you did your best with the hand you were dealt, and that's all that matters at the end. Yeah, well, I mean, that, that is kind of the drawback of, of not having as easily accessible like records for all the players is it's not as easy to check right away like oh what were they trying to counter like how did they end up in this mess <laughs> yeah and especially like week two like these also this might this might also be a, a player's first outing into whatever the field they're playing yeah it, it, it can happen to anyone. This is true. Okay, Aurora Cup time. So we had Salicatung go up against Femetaroni. For what? No. Femetaroni. I'm going to call you Tony. Your, your name's Tony. <laughs> so Salicatung so, so brought Aurorus, Metacham, Mantine, Ligatung, Lantern, and Chrysalia into Tony's Shadow Alolan Sand. Alolan Sands. Shadow Alolan Ninetales, Double, Chrysalia, Frostlass, Whimsicott, and Lantern. This is Frostlass's first win in the Aurora Cup, so we will celebrate it with golf clapping. But it's but it's on the <laughs> It's on a, a double fairy team against a team that's not running fairy at all. So I feel like we've we've talked about how how spooky Shadow Lola Ninetales is in the two shield, especially in this meta. And this this feels like it's was disrespected. <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah. And you know, even even if that wasn't the case, like what what can what can Frostlass do here? Nothing. It's like it's it's okay, but I, I guess I guess it's good into the Cresselia. Or Medicham, I guess. Like Or do you mean like what can it do by itself that makes it stand out from Alola Ninetales? Right, or even just into this team in general. So like the, the Medicham is a decent call out also, but yeah, the and and maybe the double ice in general is also pretty strong, but yeah. Fair. We're just gonna discount Frostlass and chalk it up to the two fairies doing the whole pairing. I yeah, I I I just I, I don't I don't believe it. <laughs> Welcome to Enter the Dragon News Den. We're gonna be extra disrespectful to Frostlass this week for no reason <laughs> whatsoever. It's not no reason. There's there's plenty of other stuff to talk about. Just <laughs> it's Look, just kinda... I'm going to be disrespectful for it for no reason. <laughs> half the podcast is going to do that. The other half is going to use logic, make a reason. <laughs> and hey, I can I can point at double again too and be like, see, it does stuff. <laughs> it does a lot of stuff. Okay, all joking aside though, congrats to Tony for taking the win on this one. And thank you for giving me some more team ideas that I could do. In the second Aurora field, we had Sharky versus Emilio. Sharky brought Metacham, Chrysalia, Alola Ninetales, Lantern, Mandibuzz, and Lickitung. And Emilio brought Chrysalia, Shadow Alola Ninetales, Lantern, Mantine, Whimsicott, and Double. So right off the bat, Acopolip. How do you say it again? Yep, you were almost there. You just, you just have to believe. <laughs> I, I, yeah, okay. Acopolis definitely had a strategy going into this one where they were going to run double fairy until the wheels fell off. Or double charm in this case. Like like we talked about it last week, it is just so oppressive. And gosh darn it, I hate it. Well, and now we've gotten this double dose of Shadow A-Tails plus Whimsicott. And at least Sharky had their own A-Tails. So they, they at least had what I think of as a better default answer. I had a thought for a second, but it would probably get me get me are some you... very weird looks. What well, I was, we gonna, get... I was gonna say, like, are, are you worried about being demonetized? <laughs> Look, we've had some characters on the show that we don't get ad revenue anymore, and <laughs> I'll leave it at that. The character's taco. Look, you don't have to call me out like that. <laughs> <laughs> But what I was going to say was, what if we give Medicham all the elemental punches? Like, you're wondering if the coverage would help? it be better than number one overall? <laughs> we make it a Hypno, but better. Because it doesn't have a four-turn fast move? Yes. Now now we're talking, but I'm, I mostly just want to make the four and five turn fast moves not four and five turns. Or we can make them four or five turn fast moves, but they give like forty energy. Actually, that's a very stupid idea. <laughs> some kind thirty of, energy is good. Yeah, some like some way of making them more dynamic would be nice, because yeah, it's just I feel like yeah, lowering the skill ceiling is is not generally good design. But anyways, did did <laughs> did we have other things to say about this matchup? No, I didn't actually. I was gonna move right on into Savannah. Um, just, just in general, I'm, I'm finding it interesting though that they end up as two ones. So it's like, 
I know we've been kind of painting this insurmountable picture, but their teams and, you know, these individual players are still finding win cons, and I'm just giving them a quick shout out for that reason. Yeah, I, I can respect that too. But yeah, okay. the, the, the trend is definitely towards the Charmers, which who could have guessed that would happen? Yeah, in a, in a cup where anything that resists Charm or any Mon that can beat fairies with coverage moves is banned, who would have thunk? I really hate the fact that this cup is is degenerate, but it's... <laughs> I'm still trying to believe that it's not, but the numbers... Anyways, Savannah. Yes, Savannah. Okay, so in this case, we had two quails going up against Mongo Ketchum. Two quails brought Regirock, Litleo, Emolga, Roserade, Superior, and Escavalier into Lickitung, Dedane, Buzzwool, Roserade, Tyrant, and Trash Warmer Dam. Speaking of five-turn moves... Definitely the well, first time we've seen Litleo. Yeah. First time seeing Litleo, and it could not have had a better coming out party. Roserade and Trash Warmer Dam, run for your lives. Before and I get too carried still, away. Still hitting Buzzwool well, and, you know, lick a tongue with the double-resisted licks. Well, literally, it, it still does well, but you only get to one move because counter's gonna counter. So that's why I was like, you, you'll do it well enough, but, like, you're not gonna get a lot of mileage out of it if it gets lined up against a... I also feel like there's a better Mon in Emolga to take care of that. So maybe Litleo was relied on too much, like it looked too good, and so it felt like something that needed to show up and couldn't quite get the job done. Yeah, remember, there is no I in team. Well, technically there is, it's in the A-hole. Litleo does not need to be an A-hole here. It had a very well-rounded group of team. Group of team. Had a very well-rounded team around it, and if you try to do too much, you fly too close to the sun, and then you crash and burn in the water. Just like in the stories. That's honestly all I have to say about this matchup. <laughs> well, and it's and it's just one of those where, like, Regirock still looks okay. Um, Emolga does some of the things better. Tyrant is also kind of pushing towards, if not Escav, probably Superior. Mm. But in general, like, this is one of those where... Yeah, I'm, I'm not totally sold on not bringing a fighting type at all. Like, I feel like the advantage of Polyrath or Buzzwool over an Escav is usually pretty stark. Well, it's also felt because the counters hit Escav for super effective damage, and they're hitting neutral on, like, Buzzwool. Sorry, you they're hitting to... resist. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. What I meant, I went to say is they're hitting resisted on a Buzzwool and neutral on a Polyrath, but they're not getting stabbed. Right. I fact-checked myself in real time to avoid <laughs> to avoid the counter going back to zero. Yeah. Well, and I need you to go full circle. How how does how does counter hit Escav again? Crap. All right, putting it back to zero. I forgot about the bug. Wait, no. <laughs> bug resists fighting? Yeah. So then why is it when I get hit with counter? You know what? I'm going to flip it. I'm going to go find a table to flip. I'll be right back. <laughs> so yeah, like that that is a that is definitely a factor where the Escav like it does have the high attack stat and you do have 
some like different coverage options but in general like it takes a little longer to get to its charge moves and then like you're not even really a good counter to Roserade just because of the weather ball so it's like <laughs> I think some experimenting was done and it wasn't done well is what I'm going to say I like like that I'm not <laughs> I don't I don't mean to like rag on the build or anything it's just in general in Savannah Cup it seems like the pseudo fighters are not a replacement for having an actual fighter. Gotcha. I'm not going to lie. You are the resident Savannah expert here. That is, I think I've put you in that field twice. <laughs> I have, and I, <laughs> I have built teams that the outlook was not good. So I don't know if that, if that makes me an expert. Ex- and really, have but... you lost yet? I mean, I've lost two games. I, honestly, right? I was like, I honestly can't remember. Like, have you lost a set yet? No, but I mean, like, they're they're all super close. <laughs> okay. You've won more Savannah games than me, so. Right? Am I, now I need to fact check myself. You can't even use me as a as a resource because cause you, you won in the Muddy Water matchup. It was our one of our few, actually, it was one oh, of our. No, yeah, I, I lost I lost week one. I was like, wait a minute. Okay. So you're like I said, you still won more Savannah battles than me. I'm, I'm even. Anyway, final match. We had JD Beats go up against R Neto 1999. So JD Beats brought Trash Wormadam, Reggie Rock, Blaziken, Amolga, Dunsparce, and Superior into Trash Wormadam, Trevenant, Roserade, Amolga, Buzzwool, and Reggie Rock. Pretty sure this is the first time we've seen a Blaziken win. Definitely is an interesting take, but. If you gave Blaziken an energy lead, oh man, I'm counting one, two, three, Blazekick, and now uh, what do other? I mean, I put Stone Edge in my Blaziken, but the saving grace in a matchup like this for running Blaziken is that you can run Fire Spin. Oh, because that takes you from only hitting Regirock super effective to hitting almost everything else for super effective yeah fire okay yeah you you're definitely right fire spin is definitely the way to go fire spin blaze kick and stone edge i i don't know that it matters a whole lot like i I feel like that's the meat of the damage you're doing right like sure stone edge that's fine triple fire probably also fine uh just because blast burn is a little cheaper uh, that does make a lot of sense. It's like if right. you, you have to throw one less fire spin to get to it. All right. Oh, hey, there's a Typhlosion here. We are definitely close to wrapping up. Actually, no, this is the final match. We're not close to wrapping up. We are wrapping up. Pool five. Yeah. <laughs> preview so, time? Yes, preview time. In week number three, T-Swift Fan Club is going up against the Switchmasters. Both of these teams will be looking for their very first win of, of cycle. Texas PvP draws Pioneer Valley PvP. Hidden Powers is going to be looking to start a winning streak against Sharks and Wreck, who is looking to continue their winning streak. And finally, Gong Rippers gets a couple of Acopolips. Yeah. Yep. There we okay. go. Yeah. A couple is going to be looking to continue their domination of pool five like my goodness with that let's go on to pool number six 
In week one for pool number six, we had Icy Win lose eight to twelve against Hoosier Daddies due to communication dispute. Looks like Decidueye Dynasty was able to take the Nerdy Birds down thirteen to eight. Thunder Squirrels look had a very rough time losing to Electrum eighteen to three. And finally, Chicago Stars was able to win a close matchup against Team Omega Null nine twelve to nine. In week number two, Icy Win was able to rebound and get all communication issues taken care of while they took an 11-10 victory over Decidueye Dynasty. Thunder Squirrels doubled their points scored but still came up short against Hoosier Daddies, 14-7. Team Omega Lol was able to beat the Nerdy Birds, 11-10. And finally, Chicago Stars upset Electrum, 12-9. I do want to point out in this matchup, or in this pool in particular, I did not think Hoosier Daddies would be sitting on top. I, I honestly the, the the week one win is is kind of pushing them into that spot right now. But I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna wait until they get through week three to see where they see where they're sitting. Oh, I see who their week three opponent is. It had to happen eventually. But let's do a. Do we have time for it? Of course we have time for it. Let's do a deep dive into the Chicago Stars and Electrum matchup, because that was definitely a matchup to watch. Yeah, that one or a Mega Little Nerdy Birds, I feel like, also went super close. But these are two juggernaut teams. I mean, yeah, you're <laughs> you're not wrong, but I, I really want to do the Chicago Stars matchup. We'll you give feel, some love. We'll you feel strongly we can, we can do that one. I feel really strongly about this one. Like this one was a hype matchup, or a hyped up matchup that we did not get to talk about, or hype up last week. So, starting in open great league for Chicago Stars, we had Bulk eighty eight go up against Electrum's Desynced. Bulk eighty eight brings Shadow Lolan, Sandslash, Lickitung, Metacham, Lantern, Gligar, and Ve- and Shadow Venusaur into Mandibuzz, Tabafini, Regular Alolan, Sandslash, Diggersby. Defense Form Deoxys and Superior. You know, I thought it would be on paper. I thought the matchup was going to flip the other way, to be quite honest. But I color me surprised. I'm very, very perplexed that Bulk was able to take the 2 1 victory in this case. The Shadow Venusaur is a pretty scary Pokemon, like, especially if you give it a lead. I mean, and it can be almost any of them like as as soon as like uh i know against like the shadow alone sand slash it has a better time because it just needs to hit the one frenzy early and it can be okay but the regular probably gave it a harder time kind of looking at maybe the, the shadow maybe i'm kind of looking at because i'm thinking the shadow alone sand slash is running shadow claw but I can't help but think with Mandibuzz, Diggersby, and Superior, would it be better for this one to run Powder Snow? Because you gain three matchups while losing. I think you lose the mirror in the Alolan Sandslash, Shadow Alolan Sandslash matchup if it's running Shadow Claw. You should outpace overall, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, like it's it's an interesting idea. The I was also I was corrected or correct. Um, you you so powder snow shadow alone sand slash handily loses the regular alone sand slash with uh what's it called with shadow claw yeah odd but we'll take it 
So at least I'm guessing uh, maybe Powder Snow had to be the way. So it's yeah, it's only winning though because one is getting the right bait call. <laughs> yeah, that's why I put explore win conditions to see like how else it was gonna do it. But maybe also the Diggers B was running Fire Punch and Scorching Sands. I'm sorry, I was looking at the Sand Slash and Diggers B matchup before I forgot. Hmm. Why did I think Powder Snow generated more energy than Shadow Claw? It's weird. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. We learn things on this podcast. <laughs> I'm feeling a little silly after having to remember how I've even done these past two weeks, but I think I've just been happy to get any wins at all based on my matchups. Honestly, with the amount of talent that's in these things, every point feels like a massive W. And we celebrate those. But in this instance, I'm not, I don't want to wrap my head too much around the bulk and desync matchup. I kind of want to move on into Ultra League if you're okay with that. Yeah, like, I guess it's just worth pointing out. Like, there's there's a lot of Pokemon here that have a lot of play. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm happy... leaving that to actual game time decisions and not like trying to puzzle it out based on the lineup right all right so open ultra league we had zukin going up against house stark 93 i think that's how you say his name zuokin i like Eh. zuk now i'm gonna probably say it incorrectly zuokin brought garatina altered tapufini pidgeot Escav, Unovan Stunfist, and Drapion, Shadow Drapion, excuse me, into Swampert, Galissapod, Galarian Weezing, Tentacruel, Mandibuzz, and Galarian Stunfisk. So that Galarian Stunfisk looks like it did a lot of work with like with the Shadow Drapion and Unovan Stunfisk. I'm also thinking that th- this Unovan Stunfisk brought Thundershock. If it was Mudshot, it might have been a different story. Mudbomb is still doing significant damage to Galarian Stunfisk. Right, but depending on how much the Galarian Stunfisk is going to survive is based on whether or not it's also getting Mudshot or Thundershock. Because on one hand, you have super effective damage. On the other hand, you have double resisted damage. Yeah, I, I think I'm mostly looking at the fact that it's it's still not going to be super comfortable into the likes of Escav and Feeny. I also think Thundershock was a little bit of a better thought process just because you hit Tentacruel a little bit harder and you can hit Galissapod for more damage than if you ran Mudshot. That's at least where my train of thought's coming from. The other argument for stun, like Galarian Stunfisk is that it's kind of the logical answer to a Pidgeot <laughs> where it's like you you can use Mandibuzz or Tentacruel also but I feel like just typing wise the, the lean is towards like oh yeah use the steel type because you actually resist stuff yeah that makes a lot of sense too but o- overall Pidgeot is kind of standing out as a thing that could cause problems here yeah, and it looks like, well, Pidgeot was on the winning team, especially with going up against Galissapod, Thwompert, Galarian Weezing, Tentacruel. Just being able to dis I was going to say, just being able to disrupt, like, your hardest hitters is, like, what I'm saying. Yeah. And the fact that Feeny didn't have the easiest time, like, um, I guess it's, I guess it's mostly just Tentacruel, but yeah, I don't know. It feels, yeah, it feels a little uphill for House Stark. 
Yeah, and I give them I give him props for taking at least one game off of off of that because it very easily could have spiraled into a 3-0. So with that being said, I'm ready to move on to the Master League if you are. Yeah, let's see. Let's see what kind of craziness happened here. So in this in this matchup we had Apocalypse going up against Fragon. Apocalypse brought Mega Agron, Kyogre, Reshiram, Excadrill, Gyarados, and Latios into Heatran, Genesect, Kyogre, Mewtwo, Garchomp, and Gyarados. You see that Latios show up again? Yeah, I wonder if there's something that they're not telling me, telling us for for reasons. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but at least in this instance, oof. this is one of the first times we haven't seen a fairy show up. Yeah. All the other players are here, though. Yeah, well, and you have two teams that are pretty well prepared for fairies, right? Because we have that, we see that double steel line on both sides. Then we have a fire type, Apocalypse side, and we get all the Kyogres that I was missing from last week, what last week's episode? Yeah. In this instance, though, I mean, I can see a case for both Fire Fang and Dragon Breath, but. I guess you're talking about Reshiram. Yeah, I'm talking. Yeah, I'm talking about Reshiram. But at the same time, it's like, well, you know, there's there is Gyarados right there with Aqua Tail, and unless that Genesect is not running Shock Drive, which why would it? <laughs> I it, like, I, I know, I know. In general, like going in, you kind of assume the Freeze Drive. Well, right, but like the sh- well, I guess the Shock Drive would you know do well into Kyogre and Gyarados yeah and I mean that that is fair especially with how good Shapocalypse Kyogre looks into this team otherwise but I'm I'm more speaking just from a general availability standpoint like it is possible to have gotten those XLs like and have multiple Genesect it's just hard for me to wrap my head around (laughs) I'm also looking up the Kyogre and Shock Genesect matchup Okay, yeah, so Genesect does a lot of damage. Like, shock Genesect. And you can do fun things with that one, like, run Zap Cannon. (laughs) Yeah, that's honestly true as well. But in this case, back to the matchup at hand, I give props to Shapocalypse for taking the 3-0. Based on the teams, it's hard to tell, but I would say maybe Fragon Wagon was just a little bit outplayed. I mean... (laughs) I, I'm still leaning heavily towards Kyogre Mega Agron looks really difficult to, to beat. Yeah, there's nothing aside from the Shock Genesect. There's nothing that can handle Kyogre comfortably. Like, yeah, you, like you you kind of have to dedicate the Gyarados to it, right? Like the Mewtwo is okay, but it's also like both of those are awful into Mega Agron. So <laughs> so it's like. Uh, I mean, you can change your secondary move on Mewtwo and be better into Mega Aggron, but it's, yeah, it's it's really tough. It's like the only thing on all of Fragon's team that even resists SmackDown is Garchomp, and I don't think, I don't think there's much of an argument for bringing Garchomp. Okay, so I like that insight that you gave on the Master Cup. It was It was hard for me to read, but I kind of understand it now. Let's move on to the Aurora Cup while I still have some daylight in me and I don't pass out. <laughs> some some awakeness. Yeah. We can we can do it. 
We're pushing. We're pushing. Gonna burn that midnight oil. So in the Aurora Cup, we had... I can never pronounce the stranger's name. Abinav. Good attempt. Keep rolling. Keep rolling. <laughs> Abinav fought Rise to Occasion. Abinav brings Chrysalia, Double, Wigglytuff, Pelipper, Sableye, and Abomasnow. Into Rise's Chrysalia, Defense Deoxys, Regirock, Double, Mandibuzz, and Shadow Alolan Ninetales. Okay, so take out the Charmers, take out the Double. In this instance, you you have Defense Deoxys and Regirock and Mandibuzz against a Pelipper, Sableye, and Abomasnow. This is the first time we haven't seen a counter user on a team, I think. Or but, it's like, just, but, it's, it's very uncommon, at least. I was like, but we have Defense Deoxys right there. <laughs> on the top team. Oh, right. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. But I mean, in this instance, the non-counter team lost two to one. So you would still need like a counter team to handle the bulky normal types, I would think. I mean, not this is a very poor example because we don't see like the usual Lickitung. But we do see a scenario where Rise, I feel like, can get away with Regirock. Like, it's still not totally comfortable, right? Like, you have double who can double kick grass, grass knots and Obama snow energy balls and Pelipper weather balls but in all those instances like Regirock can still hit back super hard and often wins certain like most scenarios like I think press is unlikely to be positive but the rest like I'm looking at Pelipper and Obama snow specifically aren't tanking a stone edge <laughs> so it's uh, whereas Regirock can tank a weather ball so it's 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 one of those where there is no Stone Edge resist on Abinav's team, and it feels like an easy thing to take advantage of. Yeah, and, you know, the way we've seen Rise play on streams, you give him a shield advantage, oh, you might as well just top left. Well, and combine that with, then that means that his Shadow Alola Ninetales probably has more shields than whatever the opponent has left. Like, that. I feel like that's pretty big advantage. Like I'm going to basically kind of rewind the tape to the end of last time where, yeah, it's a, it's a two one. So obviously they, they still found a win condition and that's impressive. All right. Congrats to rise for taking that two one there into the second matchup. We have Felici into S James P 21. Felici brought Chrysalia, Alola Ninetales, Mandibuzz, Double, Defense Deoxys, and Wigglytuff into James's Lantern, Defense Deoxys, Lickitung, Shadow Jumpluff, that is totally a flex, Mandibuzz, <laughs> and Shadow Alola Ninetales. So it's surprising in this instance because you have the Double Charm team coming out on the losing side, but there are two different schools of thought here that I'm noticing. James had you know, based on Jump Pluff and Alola Ninetales, it looks like they were trying to spam out moves faster than Felici's fast move beatdown strategy was able to, you know, take take some much needed shields or health off of it to secure a win. Which is still surprising to me nonetheless. Outside of Crest there also wasn't an obvious lantern answer. You don't think double wild or wild charge double is a lantern answer? I don't. I don't think neutral wild charges off of a non-electric type or a lantern is or no. <laughs> okay, because you'd be right. Oh no! If it was spark, 
it'd be a very close matchup, assuming you get the body slam. Anyway, that's what I was double checking to begin with. But other than that, yeah, you are right. Like, they're, the lack of the lantern is somewhat concerning. But I do think with like the two shadow pressures that they had, I don't think that Charm was ran on James's side. I do also like the Lickitung into like Chrysalia and Defense Deoxys, but it would have been powerless to against the Wigglytuff because it'd be double resisting norm the be double resisting the licks from Lickitung. Yeah, it's 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 kind of an even slot for Lickitung. Like it's it's okay and. Yeah, the the tough part of that is just getting it lined up reliably with <laughs> the the right half of the team. When I mean, I, I feel like most people are used to running Lickitung as as a safe swap, but I don't know. Maybe maybe that's the trick. Like if you're running Shadow Jump Left, like that already puts you in a different category of boldness, and it's just making making the bold bold calls, bold strategies. But I do hope that Shadow Jump Love had something to do with it because, man, it's a fun fun pick, fun Pokemon. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to move on to Savannah Cup then. I've got... we got two matches to go, and then Taco going to pass out. We have Chicago Stars King Bart going up against Magic Mason. King Bart brings Polyrath, Greedence, Roserade, Alolan Raichu, Escavalier, and Amolga into Magic Mason's Regirock, Trevenant, Buzzwool, the Angry Bird Swallow, Greedent, and Trash Wormerdam. I don't know why, but ever since Swallow was like meta in the Innocent Cump for Sylph, I have a newfound appreciation for that bird and its brave birdness. That damage is something else. And it doesn't look like anything on Keenbart's side wanted to tank a Brave Bird. Which is, like, a little bit funny just because, like, they are running two electric types. But that is the toughest part about running electric types, especially in Great League, is you, you really don't get a lot of bulk to work with. I think the bulkiest electric type is Chargebuck. <laughs> as long as you omit Pachirisu, I guess. It's not a regional. But yes, you are right. I forgot about Pachirisu. In this case, however, you know, we've got... We don't have a Polyrath Regirock core, but on Magic Mason's side, we have the Regirock counter core, which is what I'm going to affectionately refer to it as from this henceforth. And, I mean, even if you didn't want to bring Swellow for whatever reason, Trevenant with Shadow Claw and Seed Bomb and Shadow Ball can still hit everything that isn't named Greedent, for some decent damage. So it's like... I think Magic Maze's team was a little bit more flexible than Keenbart's team. Which is why he was able to take a 2-1 victory. Yeah. Well, and I feel like it's a good call-out, too, on Swallow. Because the part of the Regirock Polyrath core they're missing is the Regirock. And that would be one of the biggest things that Swallow didn't want to see. So... It's like, yeah, gotcha. the, the, the double electrics are going to do work, but... I feel like one of the other things we can call out too is just it seems like there's quite a few higher level players that are really liking Greedent in the Savannah Cup. Like I think it was Lyle Jeff's matchup that we talked about it last time where both him and his opponent were running Greedent where it's otherwise almost absent from the meta. That does make sense. Yeah. 
Alrighty, so congrats to both of these trainers. Like I said, this matchup was a power was like two juggernauts coming together in what has been affectionately known as the group of death. It's pool six, Amaze, not not pool two. We've we've been over this. <laughs> and then in the final matchup, we have AJV twenty eight going up against Frankie T fifty two. AJ brings Oranguru. Polyrath, Dunsparce, Trash Wormerdam, Alolan Raichu, and Roserade into Regirock, Polyrath, Trash Wormerdam, Trevenant, Miltank, and Superior. Normally, I'd be super excited about an Oranguru, but in this instance, aside from Polyrath and Trevenant, Oranguru didn't look like it had a lot going for it. Uh, I feel like the, honestly, the, the weirdness of Oranguru is the fact that the Polyrath matchup is not like clean just because it's cheaper charge move is that foul play i forget what is a ranguru's other what are a ranguru's other charge moves so it's got psychic and future sight so with the psychic nerf like it's it's kind of more pressured to have the the future sight gotcha but yeah it's 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 only okay here but we're seeing alolan raichu show up again and then We've got, for the normals here, we have Dunsparce and Miltank. <laughs> They're back! Yeah, well, and... Well, Miltank's back. Yeah, Mil- Miltank is back to kind of be the counterpoint to Dunsparce, right? And then you just kind of have to pick Bolter Ice Beam. And it's always a little uncomfortable because it's hard not to want both. <laughs> True. Well, that does make a lot of sense, honestly. And I do like the Trevenant pick, even though... It's only, well, like I said, Polyrath and Raichu are the only things that it's hitting. Otherwise, it's not going to have a good time. But you know, if, you know, AJ was able to neutralize the Trevenant, it kind of made things a little bit easier for them. Because you could still use Roserade and Weatherball Fire or Grass Knot slash Leaf Storm to just go on a tear through the entire team that is not Miltank. Or Wormadam, like, also is just like, it's a lot of pressure with the confusions. I keep forgetting that Wormadam Trash is uses confusion just because I don't use it or see it much. Yeah. Yeah, it's close, and you do have to shield a Weather Ball Fire. Otherwise, no, even if you don't... Yeah, you have to shield one Weather Ball Fire. I don't understand why they're charging up. Oh, well. Sims being Simmy. <laughs> they, they see something that we don't. Yeah. All right, so that looks to be the final wrap-up in pool number six. Let's do the previews for week number three. Yeah! So, Icy Wind is going up against the Thunder Squirrels. Team Omega Lol gets to fight Decidueye Dynasty. Chicago Stars and Hoosier Daddies are squaring off in a battle of 1v2. And finally, Electrum is looking to... Make sure the Nerdy Birds don't get their first win of the cycle yet while they take on each other this week. With all of the pools now completely talked about, or at least passed on, or not passed on, excuse me, given a nod to, yeah, (laughs) caught up, (laughs) we are going to take a quick commercial break, but we will be right back after these messages. Yeah. Welcome back. I hope you enjoyed that commercial break, because I know I did. It was somehow refreshing. 
It was great. I needed to stay hydrated because you know the the more water I drink, the less I'm the less prone to violence I am. <laughs> anyway, so little couple of housekeeping stuff before we get on to the second half of the show. This podcast is powered by our lovely patrons. As always, thank you to Thanks Obama, ZT Smith, and Sotiri for their amazing donations. Y'all help us keep the digital lights on, and we will continue to shout you out on every episode. If you would like to become a patron, the link is going to be in the show notes down below. You can join for as little as $1. If, however, you do not wish to donate or you it's just not in the cards for you, consider giving us a follow and a review or a rating on wherever you listen to your podcasts. We are currently on Apple, Spotify, Google, and Amazon. We have a Discord that is free, that is mostly free. You just got to join it, join it, read the rules, and have a good time. We like to meme on each other every now and then, or, you know, make fun of Taco. You can also answer the weekly questions that we put up. The music you're listening to is by an amazing video, compo- video game composer by the name of Zame. You can follow them on Twitter, or X, and Zame it on YouTube. Their links will be in the show notes down below. And finally, we have a Twitter, or an X, whatever you call it. We are at DragonairDen, or you can follow me at TacoDog underscore 8. I'm going to stop politely asking the other TacoDog8 to give their handle away, because I'm just going to hope that when there's another purge of inactive accounts, that name is on the list. One can only hope. But how, how would you even know? You won't. You just have to check it. Maybe <laughs> maybe cyberstalk it. I don't know. So, Jet, it is time for our community engagement section, where last week we asked... What did we ask? <laughs> Here it is. <laughs> you asked about regionals meta. Yeah. What are your thoughts on the meta from the very first regional? First answer was from Shervine, and he says, felt like Azu could have had some play, but it always seemed to underperform. That kind of resonates with me a little bit, but at the same time, I feel like Azu, there was like this conspiracy long ago to nerf Az- Azu, and now that it has a quote unquote th- lower end fast movement bubble, it might not perform as well as, you know, the Pokemon with one or two turn fast moves. Yeah, well, and I mean, it, it's not like it doesn't have a niche still, but. As, as prominent as Medi is, for whatever reason, Babelai usage was down. So it's like, I don't know. It, historically, an okay Pokemon, but I feel like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta run a little bit more outside the box. Yeah, there's also another water fairy Pokemon that just does fairy and water moves just a little bit better. Especially water. <laughs> the, the water the water damage is, is quite a bit more present on the yeah. other one definitely so teammate and fellow captain moist donut or as he likes to call himself nowadays moist curb exodia he says lantern still meta i was wrong and the only thing i have to say about that is it takes it takes guts to admit you're wrong to the internet i feel like we should do that every now and then ah eh, who am i kidding it's better to meme your way out of an argument than to just admit you're wrong. But still, you know, there was Water Gun Lantern and Spark Lantern both made really good appearances. So I kind of enjoy that you can kind of flip flop between the two, the two fast moves and wonder, oh, is this Lantern going to be Spark or Water Gun? And, you know, make the fish a little bit more unpredictable. Well, yeah, at least at least short term, right? Like 
during a tournament, I feel like there's, especially if you if you go into day two, like you can't count on a moveset being surprising. But yeah, at least getting through the opening stages, like both are viable. Definitely. And then last but not least, the Naked Hornet answered our question with a question. The Naked Hornet said, are we ready to embrace Trev again? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't want Trevenant to come back, to be honest. I feel like it's Superior's time to shine. Grass a little bit. I feel like it's Superior's time to shine, you know? And kind of, I'm kind of following the... When we get to the Play Pokemon segment a little bit, I'll kind of dive in more about this, but... Superior definitely got the Needle Queen treatment in a move was buffed. It had access to the move, and now it is pretty good. So... And of course, being that pure grass type, it has an advantage over Venusaur to not get hit by Metachamp's Psychic. But it can still get hit by Metachamp's Ice Punch, so I don't know why I brought that up. <laughs> well, yeah, the, the one-shot is is much less likely, I guess, is the point, right? True, yeah. And then, of course, Shervine, it kind of started to kind of have a discussion about Trevenant with Shervine and myself. And then newcomer to the server, Heart of Mystic, said, I think Trev could make a serious comeback. A lot of the many nerfs did nothing. Owl is dog poop, and it can fight Carbink too, which we'll see a lot more of soon. And it covered, and with the rise of and with the rise, and with that rise comes Mud Boys. I think it could make a comeback. I want to agree. I really, really do. And especially with Shadow Claw being a force, I think we may see some trainers attempt to use Trevenant again. But I don't think that since it lost its quote-unquote bait move with a seed bomb nerf, that it's just gonna kind of pack the same punch as it used to. Yeah, like, it's 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 on it's on the long shot list. I wouldn't put it high up, but it's it's still in people's minds from when it was in the meta triangle. Definitely. So, with that, or those are all the questions we got this week. Thank you all for you know taking the time to give your thoughts and we really appreciate it and everybody seemed to have a pretty good discussion so with that we are going to ask this week's community engagement question which we had the bright idea that you know the single cup is lasting two weeks long kind of got us thinking how do you feel about single type cups lasting longer than a week and the only thing i have to say about that is if it la- if it's a good meta then absolutely i'm all for it if it's a bad meta insert fighting cup here no please gosh no or looking ahead not very far insert electric cup again yeah that's gonna be a rough one but at least there's halloween cup to look forward to it's not a single type cup but it's still a special cup anyway yeah this isn't about special cups this is about single type cups look i'm gonna go off the rails a little bit okay (laughs) but you are correct single type cups I think the only cup that was fun that was like, quote, single type in parentheses or asterisk was the cup that was called the single type cup. But the psychic cup was still fun until people figured it out in less than three days. And now it's an RPS show of Malamar, Slowbro, Slowking, Bruxish, Victini, Gardevoir, Rapidash, and I'm missing two. Oh, Metagross and Bronzong. Oh, and Alolan Raichu. I forgot about Alolan Raichu. Which, in itself, it's more—it's a little bit more fun because there's a lot of po- there's like no Pokemon. It just stands above the the rest. 
but if you don't have access to those Pokemon, it can be a little bit daunting. Like I don't think we've had Bruxish come back since it came out a couple since it came out a couple of months ago, did we? I feel like I saw one randomly, so they could have had just low or biome spawn, but yeah, not not like they were when the release event came out and more than anything, like I guess the the bigger takeaway is that you were talking about the quote unquote meta being figured out in three days, but the reality is it's it's the same meta from last season. Like the, there's not really anything from this round of updates that has affected this particular cup at all. And I feel like that's more the issue is like if you're going to reuse a cup, like it, it needs to have been affected in some way to, <laughs> to play a little differently or it's yeah, it's just a kind of boring rehash. Yeah, that does make sense. And, you know, sometimes I could sometimes, you know, Pokemon could make like with move changes, they could go from like really, really bad to really good. For all I know, the Electric Cup might be considered a good thing. I don't know how, because I haven't looked at the meta that far. <laughs> so we'll we'll kind of go from there. It's yeah, it's 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 possible, but yeah, I'm I have strong opinions about single type <laughs> cups in the first place, and then the fact that they're lasting two weeks is just like, could we not? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. Or if you are going to two, do two weeks of them, like do them back to back, like do the psychic cup and then the electric cup just back to back. And that's like, oh, OK, we had two single type cups. Boom. And then that opens it up for a different special cup that could actually be fun. That does make a lot of sense. But OK, so I think we've rambled on this question enough. Let us return it over to the viewer or the listener that so they can give their thoughts. So once again, we're going to go ahead and ask the question, how do you feel about single type cups lasting longer than a week? If you have an answer, and if you listen on Spotify, there will be a section below where you can answer that question. Alternatively, you can join the Discord and jump into the weekly questions answer channel and give your answer there. All answers, whether they're a block of text like the Naked Hornet did a couple of weeks ago or something short as I was wrong, will be read aloud as long as it's safe for work because yeah we can't get too degenerate on the champ on the on the podcast we could we've we've just chosen not to <laughs> we're trying to be advertiser friendly okay <laughs> that's anyway it was an attempt at it but not really <laughs> it was just like the voice of like you know when like the lawyers come and they be like hey uh you can't really do that in my mind i think they're kind of talking like this i don't know why gotta gotta liven it up somehow <laughs> yeah so it's time to jump into our play pokemon segment and we have we have some results to report in the local scene so it's also gonna i'm gonna talk about myself for a little bit to kind of make it for the fact that i don't have a salsa bar spoiler alert i don't have a salsa bar so sorry anyway this week or this past weekend cedar rapids iowa had their very first pokemon go challenge and we had a nice turnout of four people. All of the Iowa City crowd showed up, which I'm not going to say I was disappointed. I am going to say that it was scheduled on the same day as the Otis Research Day. So people's attention was kind of divided. So I, I talked to the tournament organizer and I said, hey, try to watch out to, for little events like this, because some people might just be out and about and not want to come to these things. 
anyway so i was able to take first place at that at the first challenge i was very happy i got 15 points and then on tuesday pogo ic had to had it league challenge for september it wasn't the saturday as i thought i misread the title and or it got rescheduled and i took second place so i think i'm cursed to never win my own local again <laughs> did did you use the same team for both i did 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 you want to talk about the team at all or are you still gonna ride it for a little bit i don't remember the team i brought <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I don't remember the team I brought. I can tell you most of what I used. Because um, I don't want to reveal... Because I'm going to use this this next team on the, the League Cup on the 24th. The day after this episode goes live. So if anybody's listening and they're... Because like, we're having pl- people from Minnesota, Illinois, and maybe Wisconsin show up to this. I don't want them, you know, like saying, Oh, this is what Taco's using. But I will say I was using a really good team one that I had never used before, and I was able to squeak out some victories. In the second game, I overtapped instead of through, and that caused me to lose the game in uh, in, po- in Iowa City's League Challenge. So that made me big sad, but I had a lot of fun. I met some friends, and now that the two tournament organizers for the area have met up, they are now scheduling leagues and League, challenge- and league Cups and League Challenges together. And I am just a happy camper that we get to grow two communities together. Yeah, it's nice knowing that they're not going to be in competition with each other. And actually, maybe you'll you'll get some some new players in. Yeah, and definitely when there's the what's it called? And definitely when there's like a league cup, because obviously because Iowa City is going to have theirs on the twenty fourth, like I had mentioned earlier. By the way, if you're planning on coming, the registration is at noon. It is not at 11. The store will not open at 11. It will stay opened at noon, and we will get the ball rolling at 1 o'clock. I forgot to mention that tidbit, but now that I have. So if you're plan- if you're driving in, leave an hour later. Or don't, because I don't know about traffic conditions. On that segue, though, I'm very excited because the way that they were talking, it's like, the cup will be like the cup for Iowa City will be one month, and then the the exact month later is gonna be when Cedar Rapids does theirs, and then there's gonna be like a month break, and then they're gonna like excuse me, and then they're gonna there's gonna be like a month break in between, and then they're gonna just like schedule, which I think was pretty awesome. Now I know that there's a tournament organizer out in Muscatine, but they have not scheduled in like a month and a half, so I'm a little worried. Need need a wellness check for that tournament. <laughs> yeah, because it would just be like if all three of them like linked up together, that'd be fun. Afterwards, oh, there wasn't also a really neat thing that happened in the in the Play Pokemon Discord server, like the global one that was made. So there was talk about, hey, how do we cold call businesses or places and stuff to kind of get set up for for local challenges? And I said, oh, I have a template that, you know, we can that you can use and like change up a little bit. I have it it's real short and sweet, but I do want to caution you. It's mainly for people who have already have like TCG crowds there. And so a lot of people were asking me for it. I was DMing them. And then one of the one of like the mods reached out. It's like, hey, I see you're like sending it to a bunch of people. Do you mind sending it to me and we can like look it over and then we can make some changes like you know kind of give our input i was like oh yeah sure here you go so i sent it to them and then they sent it back with like a novel 
and they're like what do you think about this and i was like that is a lot of information i caution you it might overwhelm some people or like the person on the email reading it but it does get the point across in the most clear and concise way so definitely and then like a day later they put it in the they put it in the 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 organizer not the organizer channel the local league challenge and cup shout out place where you can like post where nearby tournaments are happening and they credited me and i was just thinking to myself wow i did something really good for the community that wasn't a podcast gave me the warm fuzzies you just reminded me that i hadn't set up my channels and roles yet for that server oh yeah i definitely would recommend doing that you get your name you get your color changed from white to green anyway so i guess (laughs) i was like is that is that exciting it is because i hate having no roles on my name (laughs) but just need that palm tree roll (laughs) but in in actuality i was i was very happy to you know help out the community and help grow some places that you know are looking to get into the scene and say hey what can we do what steps can we take how can we organize locals and i've said it once and i'll say it a thousand times i may not have a car but I do have a lot of willpower. And you know the saying where there's a will, there's a way. If there is a local that I that is in reasonable distance, I will p- aggressively ask my crew to drive out together. And we will help get these things started for y'all. Or with y'all, not for y'all. So we did it with Cedar Rapids. We did it with Iowa City because, well, duh, we're from there. And gosh darn it, we're going to do it again. That sounded Plus. very aggressive. <laughs> I don't know about aggressive. It's it's just passionate. Yeah, th- this is a passion project that I've want that since like my sylph days in season two, where Mister Doctor Pants and I legitimately spent every single Saturday or Sunday traveling to other communities and tournaments, and well, one fixing our PvP skills and training, but we were also meeting people, networking, getting organizers together, and it's just like making that step to a connection, you know. This is how friendships are made. My only regret is I don't have unlimited funds to fly all across America to every single town to help get them started. Unless, you know, I win the lottery, then I'll show up in, like, Florida or Atlanta somewhere. Straight to NASC with you. Look, I'm right by the Mississippi River, so all I gotta do is take a boat all the way down to New Orleans, okay? We're good there. I don't know much about boats, but that sounds awful. (laughs) (laughs) Look, before cars and before planes, there was boats and ships. Ships won't fit on that river, but you know what will? Boats or boats, depending on how you pronounce it. Never have I ever heard it pronounced in a different way, but if you say so. (laughs) I just killed a giant spider. I like, I nearly jumped out of my socks for a second. Well, at least you stopped it from getting in your socks. Yes. All right, so salsa bar time, where I said that there was nothing of note this week. I lied. We're going to make fun of Taco for misreading a calendar. So as I said before, I originally scheduled the league challenge on a Saturday, the 23rd. I neglected to look at what was being, what was scheduled for that day. It was a league cup for the trading card game. And so I added everybody when I made my post and said, look, this is how we're doing it. This is what's going on come on Saturday, right before Community Day. And then the tournament organizer for Iowa City texts me and goes, hey, I know it's short notice, but the tournament's on the 19th. And I said, what's on the 23rd? 
And he goes, that's the League Cup for the trading card game. I said, oh, oops. We need the moneymaker. Well, yeah, so, you know, that happened. But, you know, the, the calendars have been scheduled. The dates are set in stone. Now all I have to do is put them and make the announcement about them. So that's the short and sweet salsa bar for this week. And now we get to our favorite portion, Jet. GBL progress. Are you progressing in GBL? <laughs> no, I am free. I am in free. I am in free fall right now. I was at 2396. I am now at 2196. Send help. Well, hopefully you're making progress on your battle pass. I am. Mostly. Now that Psychic Cup's over, I'm going to go back into the Open Great League and just hammer it. Hammer it hard. I am sad to see that we don't get bonus dust anymore, but it's it's fine. Yeah. I can relate to that. <clears throat> but you know, there is a Go Battle Week coming soon where they always do like a bonus dust event. Is it... It's gotta be next weekend, right? It's the weekend of October the 6th. Oh, well. You know what's going to be happening during that day? Peoria. That's super fun. I'll be in Colorado. What are you doing in Colorado? That is a family wedding. Oh, okay. Well, congrats to the, the newlyweds. Yeah, it's it's one of those, well, it's about time weddings where they've been oh. together for like 15 years or something. Look, like, they okay. really want—they really wanted to be sure, <laughs> I guess. Or it's just like the title didn't matter, and then after everything, it's just like, well, might as well make it official. <laughs> yeah, like I said, can relate. Oh, sorry. Uh, October sixth to the thirteenth is the next four times Stardust, so. I'm double checking because I'm not the smartest cookie. <laughs> we <laughs> right off the bat of or right off the back of talking about calendars. <laughs> Callie. Callie, don't go outside. Don't do it. <laughs> no. Oh, fuck. They're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's Saturday, October seventh or October eighth is the, the go battle weekend. <laughs> but yes. That is going to be the time when I'm in Peoria at the tournament and Jet will do the wedding stuff because awesomeness. I but hope all the other teammates have a good time at Peoria too. I hope so too. I, I definitely want to, you know, take some pictures, meet up with them, you know, rip the Dinair Don't Care team and put on a good show for everybody and be there when Zimmy wins the regional. I'm calling it now. He's going to he's gonna beat me in a bracket reset and... Yeah, I just I just want to see him break the stream curse. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he is a great battler and an amazing streamer. Exactly. That's that's why it's time. So yeah, and we're currently up to sixty-eight players. So it's gonna be it's gonna be myself, gonna be Zimmy, and then Zimmy's gonna beat Shervin in the losers' finals on day two, and I'm gonna be in the winners' finals. These are bold predictions. I mean, that's the good thing about bold predictions. If you're wrong, you can just say you were too bold. If you were right, well, gosh darn it, you're Nostradamus. He flew too close to the sun. <laughs> but in all seriousness, I hope everybody that travels to Peoria has a wonderful time. If this is your first regional, you are going to be, I'm not going to lie, it is very overwhelming. 
Always make sure you stay hydrated, trainers, and you're eating properly. And we'll talk, and I'll talk about it on when the the recap for that week happens. Because I will not shut up about it. Just going to be like, Taco, you've been talking for 45 minutes and we're still in part two. Or we just started part two. (laughs) That's why it's in part two. (laughs) But part two is supposed to be the shorter one. It's still way shorter. (laughs) (laughs) Alrighty. But in all seriousness, that that's about a whole episode or a whole yeah, a whole episode, Jet. Yep. Accidentally the whole thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I stuck with outros. So it's time. So here it is. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I do have a little bit of a rhythm, so I'm gonna try it this one. So always remember to keep your dragon fangs sharp, stay away from those fairy types. Frostlass is still incredibly overrated. Alola Nine Tails too, I'm saying it now. But in all seriousness, until next time, we will see you all in our next episode.